To the finish, I feel the spirit moving through the city. I got the light shining, come get it. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. I feel the spirit moving through the city. I see the people trying to bring them with me. We got a light, tell them come and get it. Yeah. Walk, 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 walk. I walk, 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 walk. Yep. Bro. Pray for us real quick before we before we dive in. Love to. Yeah. Father God. God, we pray for your spirit to move in this conversation. God, in the lives of those around us, in our own lives. And God, may we acknowledge that. And God, may we respond to that. We love you. We're so grateful for you. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to another episode of the Glory Gen Podcast. I have the honor and pleasure of uh, hanging out with my friend, uh, Pastor Matt. Belt camp, and um, when I when I met Matt, he wasn't Pastor Matt Feltcamp. <laughs> he was just Matt Feltcamp. He was, uh, and we met in high school, and uh, Matt was like the funniest guy that you could uh, hope to know. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, man. And then years later, um, we get reintroduced through Josh. Yep. And he's like, hey, you remember Matt from high school? I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, he's a pastor of my church. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, pick, like, let's pick up after high school. Yeah. <laughs> let's start there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Uh, let's pick up there. <laughs> yeah. High school. After high school, I went to work. Uh, that was my career path. Was yeah. straight there. No college. I uh, did some college intermittent, you know. Yeah. And um, we, yeah, I, I kind of chased work uh, from the Redlands area. I would, then I moved out to Rancho Cucamonga, and I was out there for a while. And then I had an opportunity um, with a, a family friend. I actually had dated his daughter uh, back in high school, and uh-huh. she was like the only girl that I was still friends with. Yeah. Um, but he was like, hey, Matt, I'm working for this company, and I need you to do a job for me, a very specific job. Yeah. And I'm going to make a job for you. And so he did, and and I got a, I got a big corporate job at U.S. Foods. I was working in their procurement department mm. um, as, like, a buying aid for them. And, and I was helping manage lines and reducing spoilage, and, and that was great, and I loved it. Um but my time there was, you know, I had about a handful of years, five years there yeah. uh, before I moved on. And I got invited, actually, while working at U.S. Foods, I got invited, here we go, um, <laughs> to Eastside, the church that I work at now, okay. by a girl that I met on Tinder. Yes. So, Let's yep. go, Tinder. Yes. <laughs> Tinder, uh, it's missionary dating, uh, flirt to convert, all of the dumb things that you can think of That's awesome. right now. Yeah, so I, I got invited, and um, even though things with her did not work out, yeah, things with the church did, and so it was really incredible to see, I mean, like, God get a hold of my heart and uh, let me know that that's what he wanted. Yeah, and uh, man, now I'm here today. Like all these years later. Yeah. So stoked. what was what was going on in your life, um, before you walked into church with your Tinder date? Like what yeah. was going on in your heart? 
your Ooh. mind. Yeah, I think part of it was, man, I was I was a young guy, like had worked at climbing the corporate ladder. My dad uh, had said, Matt, if you're gonna if you're gonna work, you're gonna work hard. And he has challenged me and had challenged me for a long time throughout my upbringing um, to grow and to work hard. And that looked different in different times. Sometimes it was with my hands and sometimes it was with my mind and um, sometimes it was with both. And, and uh, yeah, so I had the opportunity to kind of work my way up, like I said, in this yeah. corporate ladder. And it was awesome. Um, um, but it was lacking. And that's the best way to describe it, right? Like I had been making a ton of money for someone with like no education and you know not a ton of life experience I was trusted with a lot at that time and I had no idea and so I squandered it you know I would go out regularly like two three four times a week mm -hmm. um, spend a couple hundred dollars at the bar um, whether that was to drink or to to date or to whatever it was and yeah and so there was just this void like I said, and there was this something was lacking, and no matter what it was, the material things I had, you know, the brand new cars, the the whatever I wanted to wear, I could wear it. The girls that I wanted to be with, I could be with. Um, the alcohol, I could drink it all, and it would just never fill me at all. Yeah. And so I, like I said, I was on Tinder, man. <laughs> yeah. And so like this girl invited me, and I kind of blew her off a couple of times. And then I'm sitting on the 91 freeway. It's like a three-hour drive for like 15 miles. And I'm like, man, this is wild. And right smack dab in the middle of that traffic, but right when it begins, yeah. was the exit to go to the church on this Wednesday night. And so I was Jeez. like, all right, I will give it a shot because I don't want to sit in traffic for three hours i can't go around this like yeah. there's literally no way but to go straight through it so sometimes traffic is uh is a god ordained <laughs> uh, i would never wish that on anybody but i know that unless he can there's work a church off it. the exit yeah yeah which you know nowadays you'd hope that you could hit a church from the freeway with a rock but yeah <laughs> yeah so i i just i lean into it i text her last minute and said hey i'm gonna i'll, I'll show up yeah tonight and and that was it. Like I, sh I showed up and it changed my perspective on the church because at that point mm. I had assumed a lot about the church. I had very minimal experiences with the local church. Yeah. And so I didn't know really what the church looked like in its whole kind of view. So what? It, so you said you assumed stuff about the church. What like, yeah. cause you didn't grow up going to church, right? Did not. So no. what was your, what was your assumptions of what was your view or perspective on church? Yeah, that's that a great point. question. So my dad was raised Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. And I am of Jewish lineage. So my grandmother on my mom's side. I know that. Yeah, that's my dope. grandmother on my mom's side is uh, was raised practicing Judean practices. Yeah. And did not like it at all. So when she, she didn't or you didn't? She didn't. Okay. So when she got married and had kids, she said, no thanks. And so... Um, it was never a priority for my family because, you know, my dad is, you know, he would, he was a self-proclaimed bad Ventist, you know, yeah. he didn't follow the rules. He didn't do his thing. He kind of yeah. just, you know, like a lot of people do wore the badge of Christianity mm. and didn't live his life accordingly. And that was tough. Um, but I didn't know any better. Yeah. And so we grew up going to a handful of churches, trying a handful of churches a couple of different times, but nothing ever stuck until, 
east side when I yeah had got off the freeway and showed up and and it was something cool and it was you know it, there was a ton of questions that I had and I think everybody's got questions um, but I think we can get comfortable in not answering those questions which is the real bummer so true I, I look back at some people in my life that I wish would just be a little more curious like yeah. like they have questions but not enough to find answers for them yeah. it's just enough to not to not get them close close enough to church yeah and it's almost like the enemy uses that um as a t- to create distance it's like oh totally. it, to justify not going and not exploring and not finding out so t- so tell me what happened when you when you walked in like you walk you, you have this perspective of church yep. it's uh before it's not really growing up in the church and then you go, show up um with your tinder day on this wednesday night <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then what happens that day what what yeah. grabs you what what makes you be like okay i want to come back totally so i i'll tell you man i walked in four guys that i met that night are still great friends of mine to this day wow nearly eight years later you know like talk regularly you know vacation together you know like really crazy stuff and i think for me right like outside of the church perspective it looking in is and like what does the church have to offer me mm-hmm. right because we all assume that everything is for us right <laughs> yeah. like we're big on consuming <laughs> yes. not really a ton of 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 giving right um so yeah. for me I, I i got there and i was welcomed right this is a young adult ministry and uh, they still meet on wednesdays incredible leadership there um so i show up and one of the first guys i meet is nathan big dude six five like the only thing bigger than this guy in the room is his heart. Like just loves people genuinely loves people who, for who they are and how they are and, and for whose they are, you know, and he's, he's an incredible guy. Um, I met this guy, Jake Calloway, super sharp guy, sharp minded, sharp, you know, like very inquisitive, loves to think big. Um, Great dude. I, I met a guy named Timmy yeah. Songson, great friend of mine. He was hilarious. He was genuine. He was himself, no matter who is or was around. And uh, the fourth guy was the guy that kind of really encouraged me in my journey in faith and trusting God and believing in God and um, in my foundation of my faith. And his name's Charles, and mm-hmm. he's the young adult pastor there. But my experience with him was he didn't introduce himself as the young adult pastor i walked in and he's like hey man i'm gonna sit at this table like you want to sit with me i'm like sure dude like if that's the protocol because like i said i don't know how this works (laughs) yeah so i go in and they start playing worship music and you know like for me right i'm so like in my infancy of understanding and faith totally so like you know they're rocking out and you know it's electric guitar and you know it's hip and it's cool and it's all those things and people are raising their hands and i'm like do they got questions like (laughs) i don't know you know dude i'm like so ignorant to this right and you know we're doing this thing and sing a couple of songs and then uh you know and then they're like all right you can grab a seat and we're at round tables and and uh you know then somebody comes up and says hey this is how the night's gonna roll you know like this is the stuff that's coming up and you know and and then we've got some table questions so then we talk about these table discussions right and they've got some questions on the screen and there's a table leader and we're like talking about all of these things 
And uh, to my left is Charles, and he's sitting there, and he's, like, asking me questions, you know, and asking everybody questions. And, and then all of a sudden, dude, 10, 15 minutes of great conversation, he's like, all right, I got to go. I'm like, wait, that's it? You know, like uh-huh. like I said, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, just cut me some slack here. I don't know what's going on. Totally. And so he gets up, and he walks over, and he gets up on stage, and he, like, shares his sermon, shares his message. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I thought you were just, like, a regular guy like me. Yeah. You know, but you're the pastor, right? Like he humbled himself. He put himself like he wasn't separate from one another. Like he was right in the thick of I everything. Love I love that. And it was, it was to me, I was like, dang. You know, I was like, like I could have been like, man, I got duped. You know, of course it's the pastor, you know. <laughs> Undercover. Yeah, like dang it, you know. And uh, he, uh, at that time, he was like, he was just like yeah. the coolest guy to me because I was like, you got me, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was great because then it made me kind of want to come back, you know? Because I'm like, man, like, people are just, they're real, they're genuine, like, they care about me, and they don't even know me. Like, they don't know that I met this girl on Tinder, and she brought me tonight, yeah. you know? And um, and so it was wild, because later on that night, I was like, I told him, I was like, dude, like, I had no idea. And he goes, yeah, like, I'm just a guy like everybody else. And I, I was like, that. dang, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he said, man, you want to grab lunch someday? I'm like, sure. Sure. I like eating food. That's a good thing. Like <laughs> I got this, this burrito body for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so we met up later that week, uh, in Fullerton and he, uh, he was like, Hey, let's, let's meet Chick-fil-A. We'll grab it. It's pretty close to where I'm working, pretty close to where he was working. Yeah. And we met up, and um, in the interim, when we talked on that Wednesday night, he said, hey, man, like, I, like, have you ever, like, read the Bible? And, like, straight up, you know? And I was like, no, man, like, I don't even know where to start. And I think a lot of people yeah. have that same totally. thought. They're same, like, I don't get it. I don't, where yeah. do I begin at the beginning? Like, do I, you know, do I start from the back to the front? Like, <laughs> are there maps in here? What do the I heck? Just flip yeah. it open and yeah, read like, from and wherever I, guess, I went. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so he was like, Matt, like, what I want you to do is read the book of John. And just start there. Not the whole thing. Read the first couple of chapters. Yeah. Write down any questions that you have. Bring those to lunch. And let's talk about them. All right, cool. Simple enough. Yeah, straight up. I was like. I can do this. Yeah. Like, is that all the Bible is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I read these couple of chapters or write down some, write down some questions. Cause you know, like it gets right into it, oh, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, write them down and we sit down, you know, and, and, you know, our food gets there, you know, Chick-fil-A praise up super fast, great food, uh, sponsorship. Thank you for the sponsorship. <laughs> close on Sundays, you know, uh, but, uh, so we get there and, you know, we're talking and, you know, kind of more small talk, like getting to know each other kind of stuff. And, and I don't know what it was that caused him to ask me this question because he had asked, I mean, it was probably just a coincidence, probably just a leaning, probably just really wanting to know me. Mm. But he says, Hey Matt, like, are you sleeping with the Tinder girl? Right. Yeah. And, and I was like, in the moment I was faced with his dilemma, you know, like, uh-huh. I don't know this guy. I don't owe him anything. Like, I could easily lie. It wouldn't be the first person I lied to. You know, probably won't be the last person (laughs) I lied to. But, dude, I kid you not, in my mind, I'm trying to process this. In my heart, I was just like, yes. And I was like, 
did I just say that? Damn. You know what? Yeah. Like this, like where'd this honesty come from with this complete stranger? Holy Spirit! Yeah, dude, straight <laughs> up. And uh, and then he goes, "Well, man, I just want you to know, like God wants more for your life than that." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." Yep. So so that's I would love to 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 ask you something about that because yeah. What did what did that? How did you receive that? Like, what did that mean to you when you heard that? Yeah, um, like I said, I was kind of taken back. Yeah. I was kind of like, I in my mind, I'm thinking, man, like, I don't know this guy. Yeah, you know, like this is a stranger. I like, I know his first name. He knows my first name. Like, that's it. Like I said, we don't have any trust built. We don't, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking back, like. Like I said, my life was really lacking. Yeah. Right? And in this moment, I had already built a sense of, I mean, I guess I was beginning that trust mm. with him because, you know, we're. I was welcomed on that Wednesday night. You know, he, he wanted to pour into me yeah. and, like, spend time with me, and he cared about me, or at least I assumed that he did. Yeah. And so I think it was, like, the beginning phases of trust and I think it was in my heart, I wanted to respond appropriately, even though my mind was like self-defense, you yeah, know, like yeah. keep myself protected. And so uh, yeah, but like I said, I said yes. And then I even was tripping out myself. And his response was like, man, it was so full of truth mm. and it was so full of grace simultaneously. Yeah. And it was just, it was exactly what I needed because I think a lot of us, we're so afraid of being challenged. We're so mm. afraid of difficulty. We're so afraid of... Not being comfortable. Yeah, man. And and in that moment, I think I was at least ready for some discomfort, if you will. You know, because yeah. we do things wrong all the time, but we'll get away with it until someone holds us accountable. Yes. And so at that point, I was like, Boom. I was accountable to it because at that point, nobody in my life had said, Matt, this is wrong. Don't do this. Yeah. Shout out to Charles. Yes. For just asking that to tough question. Oh, right man. out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Like that is that is love. Like loving somebody enough to call them out. Yeah. You know, like I think that sometimes we shy away from having those honest conversations with people yeah. because we're afraid to make them uncomfortable. But who are we really looking out for in that, in that situation? Us or them? Yeah. Right? So, Charles, if you ever watch this, <laughs> I just want to thank you for being a good leader. Yeah, yeah. and I would second that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. so then what happened from there? Yeah, so that was our first kind of lunch conversation yeah and we had more uh in that but like i said i was after experiencing like church in a new way to me in a new light uh through a new lens right i, I went back the next week yeah and then i said man like if the young adult ministries is cool like i'll give the weekend a shot too mm. i'll give the weekend a shot and so i did and so i went on a sunday morning and i was like dude this is lights out you know uh, Gene, uh, Gene Apple, our senior pastor, yeah. like just teed it up, dude. It was, it was one of those messages that <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like he's hyper focused on me <laughs> yeah. right now. Like, Hey, you got all this stuff going on in your life and everything's crazy and, yeah. and you're trying to keep your head above water. And he's like, 
Matt, this is what you got to do because this is what God wants for you. And this is what God, like God loves you enough for this. Wow. Yeah. It was just wild. Just the spotlight was on you. Dude, just, yeah. You I, and him. It was literally, it was like a one-on-one -on -one yeah. conversation. I don't know if anybody was there in this <laughs> huge room. Crazy. So I love when that yeah. happens. Dude, it was wild. It was wild. Okay. So that, so, so that happens. Yep. And then what? And then it was, that was the tip of the yeah. iceberg, man. Yeah. And then, uh, man, so I check it out the weekend, you know, I'm yeah. digging the weekend. So then I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm here on Sundays. I go to Wednesdays. I love that community that's being built there. And simultaneously on the weekend, I'm there for a couple of months. And then Charles, right, after, yeah. you know, seeing something in me that probably only God could have helped him see. Yeah. Um, he He's like, hey, Matt, you should jump on this team. And I was like, what? Like, me, dude? Like. Remember, I'm the Tinder guy. Like, don't forget that. Like, I'm the Tinder guy, <laughs> yeah. you know? And um, so I jump on our guest central team. So it's welcoming new guests. It's, you know, it's it's people letting people know that we're really glad that they're a part yeah. of Sundays yeah. or the church or, you know, whatever. So are and, you, did you, have you committed your life to Christ at this point or not no, yet? No. Okay. No. Okay. And, and that's, I think, a big you know, outside perspective thing is yeah. that you you have to agree with everything before you move forward with anything. Mm. And that is expand, not the case. Expand on that. Yeah, so like looking back, right, I yeah. think some of those perspectives outside of the church is like, hey, God doesn't want me to have sex outside of marriage. God doesn't want me to drink alcohol. God doesn't want me to smoke cigarettes. God doesn't want, God wants all my money, you know? And it's like all these experiences that are like at our grasp and in our hand. But the thing is, is God doesn't want anything that's in your hand. God wants your heart. And until we can realize that, right? Like until we can trust him with that, like we will have that perspective and we will challenge and we'll keep ourselves away and we will not allow God to really work in our lives and through our lives. That's powerful. So what what I what I heard was you had to come to trust God and it was a process for you. Totally. Right? So you had to build trust with the people that were representing God yeah. and they didn't condemn you. For any of the things that you were doing, the lifestyle, they just wanted to introduce you to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And man, that honestly, bro, that's that's that was for me because I think that sometimes for me to like just to be honest, like I I grew up kind of opposite yeah. of you. Like I grew up in the church, so yeah. um, it's almost like a like a, a religious. Um, culture or something where you 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 want it you want people to get the whole thing all at once yeah. is, is is sometimes yeah. how i as sometimes how i approach it and, and i've been convicted of that very recently um and one and in an interaction that i had um that i just feel so so guilty about right now but <laughs> <laughs> forgive me lord but um but yeah just like i love that the people that were leading you to christ did it that way yeah. in a way that they allowed you to experience God's love before, before asking you to do anything totally. with it. So man, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I've learned is, is the closer we allow him, the better our life will be. 
you know, it's a proximity thing, right? Yeah. Like you can you can only have close friends if you're close to them. You spend time with them. You, you know, whatever it is, whether you're hanging out or having meals or even working together, right? Like totally. you can be stuck next to someone for eight hours a day and never talk to them. Yeah. You know, and in the same way, like we have this God who is all knowing and all being. He's around us all the time, but we refuse to talk to him. We refuse to worship him. We refuse to trust him. We refuse, you know, so. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you start, so you start serving. Yeah. So I got to jump on the guest central yeah. team. So man, I'm like three months into my faith journey and, and it's just that I call it a journey because it's not, it's not the one stop shop. It's not, yeah. and, and it can be for some people. It's like huge pivotal changes. Like they hear the gospel, they're baptized and they are committed. They're all in. For me, it was not the same. And that's okay. Yes, it's totally okay, man. <laughs> yeah. I walk with people every day yes. that are in both sides of that area where they hear it and they're ready. You know, they yeah. hear it and they move forward. And then people that, like, want a better understanding up here or in here, and, and like, I get that. And I'm I'm here for it because yeah. I, want, I want people to trust God with their lives. Totally. And it doesn't look the same. For me, it didn't look the same as everybody else. For me, it was, okay, I needed some consistent community in my life. Like, I, like the bars are cool, but they're not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've been to the bar, you know. I ha will have a drink, you know. Yeah. But, like, I was not doing it properly. You know, I was yeah. not. It was just, it was wrong intention. It was ill intention, ill advised. Well, you were, like you said, you were trying to fill yourself up with something yeah. that couldn't fill you up. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like Paul said, like, everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial so it's like what is what is my purpose in in doing what is my intention in doing what i'm doing is it you know and just doing it or is am i trying to fill something yeah inside of me with this substance this relationship this experience yeah yeah and that's it right like yeah. intention yeah and so my life intentions changed so I wanted quality relationships because, man, like I grew up a serial dater. Mm. Like I'm like, girl, 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 whatever, you know. And when I did a deep dive and I started, you know, like welcoming God into it, I read a great book called Wild at Heart and, and worked mm. through it with some pastors and some friends. And uh, part of it was the study guide and working through questions. And, man, I didn't realize the hurt that I had experienced in my upbringing mm. That led to the way that I treated the women around me. Wow, that's crazy. Because I'm kind of going, I'm going through uh, a similar season where I'm really realizing the uh, the effects that my childhood had on yeah. who I am today. And I think for a long time it was really easy for me to to suppress it and distract myself from it. But now I'm, I'm, it's it's right there, and I'm like, it's not going away. <laughs> I got to deal with it, you know. Yeah, so yeah. so if you don't mind, walk me through what that process looked like as as much as you feel comfortable. Dude, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I love you, man. And, yeah. And you know, the secret will stay here. I'm sure. <laughs> of course. No, uh, and on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ooh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so um, mental illness it's a real thing. Yeah. And the stress of life is a real thing. And I am uh, one of six kids. I uh, had a, my dad, who has passed away now. He was married, had my brother and sister, 
and then divorced, remarried my mom. They have four kids, but we've always just been family. Like I've never considered my oldest two siblings to be half because they are they're all of my heart. You know what I mean? Like I love them. They're my family. Like yeah. we'll go to bat for them. We'll go to war for them, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but like I said, mental illness is a real thing and the stresses of life can, I mean, they're so real. And so my mom had just dealt with some depression type stuff. And throughout my upbringing, um, she would, and this is my experience, she would leave for times whether those were short or extended amounts of times and um there was never really an answer because my parents tried to keep that to themselves and manage that and and not understanding not not knowing the effects that it could have they wanted us to be kind of protected from it even though we were fully immersed in it which is just this wild like you know we try to control things and and this happens So my mom would leave, right? Like I said, like, you know, there was a lot of tension in our family, a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of personalities to, uh, you know, to, to manage. That's the best way to put it. Um, and so my mom uh, would leave for these extended amount of times, sometimes a weekend, sometimes a week, sometimes a month, sometimes a couple of months. Wow. And then she would show up and our life would just continue. As if nothing happened. As if nothing happened. And so I saw my dad respond of like, okay, like, it's okay, right? Like I said, we were protected, we were sheltered from it, so we didn't understand it. They swept it under the rug. Yeah, totally, totally. Maybe they swept it under the rug in the backyard, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it was was nowhere, and not even until later in our lives did we even begin to understand it. And we're so far from understanding mental illness still this day like it is what it is right um so what i had realized in my relationships because of this book and because of my time with god and prayer and the people around me challenging me to think about these things and and praying through these things with me is that i I realized that the like the relationship that my parents had was one that i wasn't trying to recreate but i was so the second that uh, girl or there would be tension, right? This point of leaving, that was what was always happening. It would boil, 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 mm. boil, and then it would overflow, and that was when my mom would leave. Mm. So what was happening was I was dating these girls, and there would be tension, and I wouldn't address it, or she wouldn't address it, or we wouldn't address it. Things would boil up, and then the second that, the second before she would leave, I made the decision to leave. Wow. And so I would cut it off. That's it. Yeah. And it was, man, I left a trail of destruction. Like I said, the girl's dad that got me hired at U.S. Foods, like, she was the only girl that I was still friends with that I had dated. Yeah. 15, 20, 30 girls that I had dated. Yeah. She was the only one that I was still friends with because her and I had a different relationship. She was the only girl that was, like, a devout Christian that I had dated. Wow. Little did I know. Wow. Yeah. What an awareness, though, to come to that realization. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's it's really, it's really hard to heal when you don't know what you need to heal from. Yeah, you don't allow yourself space. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, so how did, uh, how did the awareness of that, um, 
allow you to 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 change that for yeah because i'm because you you're, you're you and rachel have a beautiful oh my marriage gosh, yeah so how did, how did that um yeah so i'll tell you out? my faith journey began all those years ago yeah and it was interesting because and like i i had to like disrupt and dis- like tear down the foundation and create something new that would last mm-hmm. and so I, I started with learning about relationships and I listened to different sermon series. I read a lot of the scripture about what God has to say about that. I read books on relationships and I started looking at it through a different lens, a lens that wasn't my understanding, that wasn't my upbringing, but what God has in store for relationships. And so that was part of my journey, man. Like that was one of the things that I had to trust God with. Yeah. You know, and and in my journey, in my faith journey, I had to trust God with it. And that was like my my test to God, right? Like in this point of my life, I'm in control of everything. And so, Mm. hey, God, here's this one thing. Like show up for me if you're real, right? This test that I have for God. Yeah. And he did. You know, my my value in women, Mm. whether I was in a relationship with them romantically friendship or even just on the street it changed and it changed because i had to change it myself i had to respond to how god calls me to treat women so so what was your response so you're talking about your your response prior was to leave when things before things you thought things were gonna end and is that what you're talking about? You mean yeah, like, well, I had to, yeah, to I had to, like I said, I had to tear down the foundation of yeah. how I understood relationship. Yeah. And so I, I stopped dating. Yeah. At the advice of Charles and others, I took a year off of dating because I needed to, to reset boundaries. I needed to do the research. I needed to, to break the cycle that was girl after girl after girl after girl because I've I've got a cool personality, you know, like yeah, I'm a decent looking guy outside of the burrito <laughs> bod, even with the burrito bod, you know, it's probably the beard, you know, um, it's a smile. Yeah. It's oh, a smile, stop just... it. Flattery, <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere. Um, but you know, it, it was always easy. There's a lot yeah. of men and a lot of women on this earth, believe yeah. it or not. And so, yeah. you know, you surround yourself with new ones and regularly and you know, like, yeah. I was doing that, and and nothing was panning out. Mm. And so, um, like I said, I took a year off of dating, and it's funny because at the advice and the caution of the people around me encouraging me to do that, said, hey, Matt, in a couple of months, you're going to meet the girl, right? You're going to meet the girl that is the one, you know, and you're going to want to quit the don't date thing. Mm. And I did, and I was like, oh, man, like, I should quit. This, This chick's cool, right? Yeah. It's different, right? And I'm trying to rationalize it and everything. And I ended up saying no to her. And it was like, I'm glad that I did. Because, uh, you know, I spent the rest of that year, like I said, mending relationships, mending myself, working on that, allowing God to, like, renew me. And, um, dude, it's it's wild. Um, So that's one element of my life that I'm trusting God with on my journey. Yeah. And then I'm also, like I said, with my health, you know, like I'm, I'm not going out and drinking, not that God doesn't want me to drink. Um, but like, I don't feel like I need to drink, Yeah, you know? And so I stopped drinking and I started eating a little bit better and I started working out a little bit more. 
yeah. you know, and like my my health improved mm-hmm. because I trusted God with that area of my life. You know, I wasn't like, I mean, like for real, like I wasn't going out and getting drunk three or four times a week, you yeah. know, and uh, man, that was another area of my life that was crazy and my financial world, you know, that was another area that I had to trust God with. You know, in the in today's society, man, Southern California, like, I mean, there's no, I mean, New York is the most expensive place I know, you know, but like California, <laughs> you know, like I just heard that the state of California is suing Huntington Beach because their prices on housing is so expensive and they refuse to build more housing. So, but that's, we'll just cut that part <laughs> out. Um, but, you know, my finances, man, yeah. like I'm a young guy, no college education, yeah. making a ton of money, working for this big, like huge corporation, second largest food distribution company in the world. Yeah. Huge. And like in a division that was killing it at the time. And it's like, man, I was making a ton of money, but like, man, I was doing all the work for that money. Why would I give it to God? Right? Like, wow. why would I trust him with that? That doesn't make any sense. Like he is, he has empowered me and, and I have it because of him. Yeah. I acknowledge that. But like, what does it mean to, to be generous? Like, what does it mean to, to give away yes. something that I worked hard for? Yes. You know, and so this is another struggle, right? Like wow. all of these things are practical things yeah. in my mind, yeah. but things that I had to understand. And like I said, I, tr- I, I trusted God or I tested God in these things. And so, man, like I'm, I'm going to Eastside for about six months. I know because it's January is when I first started. Yeah. It's June at this time and we're in a, a, a financial series, right? And it's like the series you you – you want to invite everybody to, and then they're teaching on money, and you're like, dang it, my friend actually <laughs> showed up today. You know, fortunately, oh, I didn't have any friends out there, so it was great. <laughs> you know, all my friends are at church, so they know the rules. No. And so I go, and um, and in that sermon series, yeah. you know, uh, our senior pastor, Gene Apple, just lays it down, dude, of like, like if God has given you everything, then what is it to return a tenth of it? Yeah. Right? Like, what is it to give that away? Yeah. Because, like, you can't hold on to it forever, right? There's there's a time on everybody's life when it comes to an end. Right. You know? And it was like, and if you really want to be good about trusting God, like, yeah. here's here's a spiritual practice of tithing and, and, and responding to God's provision to you. Yeah. And so, dude, I'll tell you, that day when I left, I tithed for the first time. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, there's no way, like, uh, what bill do I not pay this month so that I can wow. give? You know, like, I got a car note due every month. Yeah. I got rent due every month. Like, I've got my power bill. I've got, you know, like, I've got the list of bills. So you bills. were really stepping out in faith with that tithe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a part of my journey, you know. Yeah. And then, oh, man, I'm supposed to do it in two more weeks when I get paid again? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. You know? Um, but one of the, I mean, like, I benefited even more from trusting him in that because that taught me better stewardship. I taught, I, I, I was taught to track my money, to like create a budget and function within my means, which to that point, man, I'm one of six kids, yeah. you know, like 
we don't, the only discussions that my family ever had about money was yelling at each other at the top of their lungs. That, and we never had any. So like, I know the two answers, you know? And so for me to step out in faith and, and to trust God, it was, it was wild, but it was like, man, it became worth it because man, the benefits of just, you know, he, he, like I said before, he doesn't want what's in my hand. He wants what's in my heart and the intention behind my decisions. Yeah. So those really started to shift. And it's crazy because God says, test me in this. The only time he says The only it. time he says, test me in this and see if I do not open up the storehouses of heaven and pour it like... And, and the thing that I lo- love about what you said, it wasn't like... And there's nothing wrong with this side either but i hear a lot of people's stories say when i started tithing you know and i started getting checks in the mail you know what i mean (laughs) and it was like and that happens you know i'm not i'm not discounting that but what i love about what you said was it forced me to manage my money better yeah so even what you had even though it didn't immediately increase you probably felt an increase because you were managing it better yeah and it's like every area of your life that you entrusted god with that I've heard so far. You trusted God with your relationships, they improved. You trusted God with your finances, it improved. You trusted God with your health, yeah. it improved. And that's what relationship with Jesus looks like. It's yeah. it's 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 just better yeah. the way that he designed it to be. Yeah. Another thing that I really love about what you were saying earlier was you submitted yourself to the authority that was that God put in your life. Yeah. And that's so important i think a lot of people miss out on the growth that you experienced because they don't want to submit themselves to godly authority so how how did you do that yeah that's that's a good question (laughs) it's uh yeah i would say well culture yeah culture says like i said earlier it's all about me it's about what I can consume, what I can have, what, you know, it was, it's all about me, right? Like I think of brands that were big when we were growing up, like independent, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. all of these things that yeah. like, it's all about me, right? Like capitalism, right? Like all of yeah, the things, yeah, yeah. right? Like self-made, how much money can yeah. I make? Self-made, yeah, yeah, you know, but like one, you don't make yourself, you know, you got a mom and a dad, sorry, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, like cut that part out no but uh, beyond that right like we're told by society that's all about us and it's and so like of course people are like well how many cars can i have and how many houses can i have and how much money can i have and how many women can i have or how many boyfriends can i have or you know like it's all about me but like you said like how did i submit to that authority well man like i realized that i had to and so I did it. And I know it doesn't sound pretty. That's not like a tweetable thing. But no, it is. I was told, like when I was told by Charles, man, like God wants more for your life. Well, if you want to experience that, then submit to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's the paradox of Christianity, right? Where it's like freedom in surrender, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. how does that work? You know, yeah. how, how how does me surrendering this life over to God mean freedom? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And I don't know if you can put it into words because right. my words would be different than someone else's experience. Right. Because I don't want someone, like, 
the fullness of life that Jesus promises, yeah, it looks different to different people. Yeah, you know, like we're born, we've been, we were born in California. Yeah, right. Like we have more money if we make like fifty thousand dollars a year than one percent. That one, then we are the one percent of the world. Yeah, you know, like that perspective really changes things. Yeah, you know, so part of this journey of you know I'm trusting God with my my finances and trusting God with my relationships and trusting God with, you know, all of these areas The one of the other areas was the spiritual element yeah. of it. Right. Like I was, I was learning how to pray, mm. you know, what does that look like? Like throughout scripture it tells us that like God knows the hearts of men, right? Like then why do I have to pray? Right. Mm. In the same way, like I talked about earlier, like our proximity, right? Like we have to talk to one another to engage in relationship. Right. And so it was interesting because it the real turning point in my spiritual growth in that area, because I was showing up to church and, you know, I was, I was doing my thing and I was serving on a team. and But one night I'm laying in bed, it's like 1130, maybe the middle of the night, you know, and I'm, I'm laying there and, and I'm restless. I'm not on my phone, right? Like there's all million distractions, you know, but like my phone is down, it's across the room, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, why can I not fall asleep? Like I've been up all day, like I've done a bunch of stuff and I kid you not, this is, this was the turning point. It sounds weird, but I got up out of bed yeah, and I got down on my knees yeah, and I prayed and I, I couldn't tell you what my prayer was. It was probably something dumb, like, God, I'm really tired, but I can't fall asleep. Yeah. Help me out here. You know what I mean? Like, a desperation. God, yeah. I got to be up in five hours. Yeah. Like, help, you know. Yeah. Um, but I kid you not, like, I just prayed, and I got back into bed, and within 20 seconds, I was peaced out. So I wake up, and I'm, like, super refreshed the next day, and I was like, what? You know, like... <laughs> Yes. I, like I didn't even blink and I was oh, wow. outro. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, like what is this like spirituality? What does that look like, man? And so I started praying like at weird times and people have different prayers and people have different ways that they pray. And for me, I was like, well, like I'm definitely not going to get into bed without getting on my knees every night before I climb into bed and pray. Yeah. You know, so I wake up in the morning and, and I go and I do my thing. I get ready for work that day. Yeah. And I go and I get in the car and I'm like, this is probably a good, like I'm going to get in the car most days. Maybe when I get in the car to go to work or to go somewhere, I'll just pray real quick. So I started doing the same thing then. Yeah. You know, now it's like a pre-work everyday thing. And I don't work on Mondays. I don't get in the truck most Mondays. So I don't pray. I don't have that like yeah. pray uh, in this very specific moment. Yeah. And I'm still alive and I'm still breathing and God still loves me. So, yeah. you know, it was just this practice makes perfect kind of thing. Yeah. And so I look for different opportunities to pray, you know. Then it was, man, like I'm going to eat meals and I know like we should ask God to bless our meal because it is a provision of his, whether it's the finances that afford it or, yeah. you know, or it's the hands that prepared it, right? right. Like, Or if even if I prepared it, like, man, yeah. the fact that I was able to have this meal, because look at other people across our cities, across our nation, across the world that don't have the opportunity to eat a meal right now. Seriously. Yeah. And so, man, I just prayed. Prayed, like, thank you, God, for this provision, you know. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because as these spiritual practices really started to grow, they became more, man, like breathing to me, mm. you know. 
You know, like I, I had heard people and for a long time myself even like yeah. people would tell me something. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pray for that. And then I forget. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like three weeks later, like, hey, thanks for praying for me because <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, high five, you know, um, and so like, man, I just I was like, man, I got to pray. If I'm going to tell yeah. people I'm going to pray, like I'm going to pray. You 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 realized power of prayer like yeah. when god showed up for you right there and it was it, it was i mean you said it was something as simple as that but i mean it's not that's not simple anyone that's been up <laughs> <laughs> at night yeah. and knows they the counting the the hours of how when they got to wake up they oh know gosh, how yeah. how amazing that that yeah. an answer to that prayer is yeah but that's beautiful that that turning point that yeah. that god showed up for you and continued to show up for you yeah. after that and yeah. so what happened after so that? So it, it was just, I looked for opportunities. Yeah. And now it's it's more natural, obviously, because I've practiced it, because I've done it, you know. Yeah. And so now, like, I'll pray for people, and sometimes I'll text them just to let them know. Because, man, in this world that we live in, mm. we just need some encouragement. Yeah. You know, and we can be that encouragement to people. But I think welcoming God into that process and into their process, whatever they may be going through, whether they're having a great day or a less than great day, yeah. you know, like I, I just want to remind them that God's God is here for them and that He sent His Son for them. And so, awesome. so I just I implemented these weird like my spiritual practices, and the more I learned about, you know, the more time I spent in the Scripture and in the Bible, I learned different things. Like I said, yeah. like asking God to bless my food, you know, yeah. like. Jesus teaches us, hey, this is how you should pray. Everyone's yeah. probably heard that, right? Like, yeah. our Father who art in heaven, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Jesus teaches us how to pray. So if yeah. you're looking, great place to start. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it was wild, and I'll tell you right now, man, like, so in this first eight months of going to Eastside, I'm, like, trusting God in all these areas of my life, and he continues to show up in them. He continues to show up in them. And I'm like, man, I just, I don't get it. But like, okay, you know, like, man, restoration, like I couldn't believe, wow. like friendships that I couldn't believe, you know, and not that I don't have friends and I haven't had friends for a long time, you yeah. know, but it was just quality friendships. And it, I think it's because I had to be a better friend too. Yeah. It's people that were living at a higher standard that were calling you to live at a higher standard and I didn't along respond. with them. Yeah. yeah. But but in that in that in that context you started responding and that's when you started experiencing a difference. Huge life change. Yeah. Right. I'm welcoming God into all of these areas of my life. Yeah. He's continually showing up. And then man, like this is this is my baptism story and I'm gonna share it because it's yes. like hilarious. <laughs> and like Please do. Dude, okay, so we're sitting in service. It's the end of July. It's yeah. like the 25th. It has to be about the 25th. So this is seven months into you coming to Eastside. Seven and a half, eight months. I'm the beginning of January. It's like a New Year's, yeah. new me, new faith, whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to call it, yeah. you know. And um, I, I'm sitting in service. I go to the 9 a.m. service, and... Uh, and they do an altar call. Hey, baptism, that's the point of the conversation, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up. I'm, I'm gonna stand up. Yeah. Like he's gonna say, "Hey, when you're ready to stand, stand up." You know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh man, I feel it. I feel it in my body. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm about to run down there. Like I'm gonna be the first one baptized today, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm gonna do this. Like <laughs> I'm sold out. You know. I know it's coming. He yeah. opens it up. Like, hey, at the end of the day, like we're gonna ask you to get baptized. Yeah. Like if you're ready. Like if you're ready. 
Like God, God stands for you. You should stand for him, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, today is the day for me. <laughs> yeah. This is it. So I'm going through, you know, service, comes down to it, and he's like, you know, when you're ready to stand for God, stand. You know, he counts down. Three, you know, encouraging everybody. Two, encouraging everybody. One, stand, right? Tons of people stand up. Two people away from me stand up, and I don't. I froze. And I sat there, and I was like, <laughs> breathing, dude. I'm like feeling my heart beating, you know, like yeah. feeling my heart beating. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to stand. I don't think I'm going to stand. Wow. And it was wild. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't stand up. I watched all these people walk down. Yeah. I cheered for them as they got baptized, and I just didn't. And it was the weirdest thing. What was going through your mind? Dude, I don't know. Because the whole time, <laughs> I'm like, it's today, yeah. you know? And, uh, man, and this is, you got to edit this part out. But I was, uh, <laughs> man, I was, I was sitting there, and I, I, I served at the second service. Yeah. And then I went back for the third service. And I yeah. was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm here. It's our 12 o'clock service. So you went to the first. Went to the That's first when you service. you were planning to do it. Yep. <laughs> you didn't. It's the second service you served, and now you're I at served the third. At a, yeah, I served in our junior high ministry, okay. which is all time. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. And uh, man, so I'm like, I'm going to do this. I got to yeah. do this. I just watched a ton of people get baptized. Like, I yeah. know God's calling me to do this. Yeah. You know, I've been, man, I've been trusting him with all these things, and he has showed up continuously. Like, it's the least I can do. Yeah. Right? And man, and so I go and I'm like, okay, here's the songs they're going to sing. I'm singing along, I'm worshiping, you know, hey, Gene's going to challenge me to stand up in my faith and, you know, and, and so it comes down to it, three, two, one, and I didn't stand up again. <laughs> Dude, I was paralyzed in that seat, bro. That's wild. And I don't know what it was. That's was, wild. Man, and it was embarrassing and I look back and I'm like, Dude. If I could tell anybody right now, if there's one thing that yeah. I could tell people, respond. Mm. Respond. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Because God sent his son for me. He sent his son for Josh. He sent his son for Leo. Yeah. He sent his son for every single voice of every single person that hears my voice on this podcast and those who don't. Amen. So I'm telling you. He's after me at this point. You know, I yeah. don't go, don't get baptized. I'm sitting there. I cheer everybody on. I'm stoked for them. Man, I don't know why I didn't do this. I go home. I finish my Sunday. I wake up. You know, I go to work the next day. I get a phone call at about 1215, and it's a 714 number. I'm like, oh, it's probably a work thing, you know, so I answer it. And the guy says, hey, Matt. And I was like, hey, and he goes, hey, this is Steve Ma. I'm part of the baptism team at Eastside. And I was wondering if you wanted to get baptized. And I was like, all right, God, yes. You know, it was, it was the craziest, weirdest thing, you know. And so, like, wow. man. And, and so it's funny, you know, and That's I laugh amazing. about it now. And I laugh about, like, man, like, I was such a chicken. Like, why didn't I take that, make that decision? Why didn't I take that step to be baptized, you know? Yeah. And so what I did was, dude, I called every single one of my family members. And I was like, I'm getting baptized this Sunday at this time. Be there. Be there. And a lot of my family, like, a lot of my family didn't go to church at that time. Yeah. You know, and I'm early in my faith, so I'm like, you know, I'm hesitant to invite people to join me in yeah. this process. But, like, they all showed up and they all showed out. 
that's why you didn't get baptized that other day. Sunday. Apparently, that's yeah. why. I think that's why. I mean, God, God wanted, uh, God wanted you to to do it in front of your family and, yeah. and among those witnesses. That's yeah. It's not an excuse, a, though. I'm telling no, no, you, no, no, I respond, agree with you. get I agree baptized, with you. yeah, because Jesus says that He is the way. He's yeah. the way to the Father. Man, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was not beautiful in the moment, but it was <laughs> it was a special special day for me. And that I was think August second of 2015. The, the dopest part about that is. The next day, getting a call. Oh, <laughs> like, dude! Yo, I was just like, "Want to get baptized?" That's the, the most random thing that could happen. You have no idea. That is, that's that's sick. Yeah, and, <laughs> so and like sick. even in my time in on staff at Eastside, I've yeah. never made that call to say, "Hey, like, do you want to get baptized?" And so it's just like, yeah, like I said, like God was after me because yeah. man, I had trusted Him with so many things, yeah. and and He showed up. He showed yeah. up in my life. He showed up for this. He showed up in my relationships, in my finances, and all of these things. And and it was like Matt, like it's your time to show up for Him. Mm. And so I did. And and I man, I tell you, I'm looking back now, and I'm like, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. But I would have done it a little differently. But this yeah. is how God had it now, you know. And so my my like. Man, my role now is, and like we all are called to, man, like we're called to, we're called to invite people to repent, move past the sin that's in their life yeah. to be baptized. Because that's what it is. We are dead to our old lives and yeah. we're made new. Yeah. So for me, in my process, right, I'm going to church, I'm getting involved, I'm getting plugged in, I'm a part of a small group and everything, right? Like those were all my choices. Yeah. And then it was my choice to be baptized, Yeah, you know, but it's like God was not going to force his way into my life. Yeah. He'll show up in my life for sure, mm. but he wasn't going to make any of those decisions for me. That's so good, man. I was um, just talking to a group of people about that yesterday of God gives, gives us free will. He gives us choice. He's not going to impose himself on us. Yeah. And even with, with other things in our in our life like it's it's a choice to renew our minds mm. it's, a, it's a choice to choose what to think about in order to um be transformed so like everything is a choice god helps us he strengthens us he comes alongside us he'll show up for us but ultimately it's our choice to step into that yeah to make that step forward or not to yeah and i think sometimes it's it's easier to put it all on god and be like well, if God wants it to happen, then he'll make it happen. Yeah. Whereas, like, that's not how it works, no. unfortunately. No, and, and I would even take it a step further in saying, you know, so often we think that in our lives it's it's us and then God is separate from us, mm -hmm. right? Like, I got to work through this area, right? I, I read this book probably my first six to eight months there at Eastside, and, yeah. and I read this book called The Cure, and in chapter one, this author is telling us about our perspective of God, right? And, like, we think that Jesus is, like, across the room from us, and there's this big burning pile of trash. And we think in our minds, well, once I've processed and done with all of this stuff, then I can encounter God, or then I can, you know, then I can meet with Jesus, or then I can, you know. But in actuality, he's by our side, and he's saying, hey, when you're ready to deal with all this stuff, I am too. That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, man, like, okay, like, yeah. God, you're going to deal with my stuff? Then then I'm going to have to as well. And like I said, I had to I had to start trusting him in different areas. And, 
And there was never a time that he showed up or that he didn't show up in that. Yeah. And not to say that life has been perfect. Life has been super easy. Life, you know, yeah. like, not at all. Yeah. But yeah, it's been so good since. That's amazing. What's so so? What's the main difference then? Because I'm since you since you sur- surrendered or trusted God with these areas of your life, you still you still encountered hardships. There were still challenges. Yeah. There were still tough times. So, what's the difference then there? Because you said it's not like your life is perfect now, but it's just so much better. So yeah, if someone that hasn't encountered Jesus, if you were trying to explain it to them, how would you describe the difference? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and and I would say that my perspective of the difference of my life yeah. is is I think described as Jesus says, like like that your life will be full or abundant, depending on what translation you read. Yeah, and I don't think that that can be like quantified necessarily, but it can be qualified in a lot of ways. Like, my quality of relationships are so much better now that I know Jesus. And the quality of, like, finance, financial situation that I'm in is, is, is just, it's better quality. It's better, like, you know, we talked, you talked about Rachel. Like, my relationship with my wife is incredible because we, we built it on a foundation that Jesus is for us, you know? And so the quality has increased tenfold and i know that may i don't think it skirts around your question you know because like people like you can go to the store and you can buy a shirt and it can be super cheap and you're gonna get a super cheap shirt yeah you know it's gonna rip quickly you know if it's white you could probably see through it you know what i mean um but you go buy like a pro club, right? $30 shirt. Can't see through it. Even if you like spray it with a water hose, like it's just a better (laughs) quality. And so in the same way, when we allow God into our lives, the quality of our lives increases. And I I love that analogy because the cost is higher, but the quality is better. And, and something that, um, was coming to my, my mind as you were sharing your story was, um, and as we were talking about earlier about it wasn't a an automatic you know you went to church and you gave your life yeah. to Christ but Jesus says count the cost like there's a cost associated with it and i think the most beautiful thing about a relationship with Jesus is the quality of life compared to the cost yeah. is it's just you can't even compare it yeah and when we don't talk about the the difference, when we don't talk about the abundance, the joy, the fulfillment that we have in Christ, and we're only looking at the cost, then it looks like it's a high cost. Yeah. But what we get compared to what we have to yeah to to to, to pay or to surrender, it doesn't even compare. Yeah. Yeah. And if and if you think about it through cost or that lens, right, man, like what's the value? Yeah. What's the value, like? The hat, right? Like the yeah. hat you're wearing right now, thirty, forty dollars. I don't know. I'm not like a pro club shopper, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like yeah. what? What does the cost of the place that we're renting, the place that we're shooting? What's the cost of this camera? What's, yeah. you know, what's the value ascribed to that? And that, like, that value ascribed, it comes from, like, what we're willing to give up for it, right? And if you can wake up each day and say that God loved me so much 
that he ascribed his own death through his son Jesus for me, for Matt, for Josh, for Leo, right? Like, if you can wake up and and know that, Mm. then your quality of life will improve because you are so highly valued Mm. that you can live with that value. But it's not just yours. Yeah. Everyone that you encounter, Jesus did the same for. That's awesome. I love that. So how did you go from, so you went from being baptized. Yeah. So take us from baptism to being a pastor. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, buckle up. No. Um, yeah. Okay. How much time? These cameras. Hopefully these cameras are charged. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, so from from man from baptism to pastor ring. Yeah. Um. Man, I'll I'll tell you it was the people that I surrounded myself with. Right. Like, just because I like just because God showed up in all of those disciplines. Right. Doesn't mean that I just stop there. Right. Like right. it wasn't like I got a trophy. I'm done. Like check, you know, now I don't have to pray anymore, right? Like that was not yeah. the case. It just continued and yeah. I and it became, like I said, it became like breathing yeah. to me. It became like I don't know, gravity to me. It's something that I don't have to think about, but I know it's there. Mm-hmm. You know? And so um as my journey progressed, I was working in the marketplace, loved my job, loved the people I worked with, and there was just hardship there. And it was difficult. My boss and I didn't see eye to eye. And, and then I knew it was probably time for me to, to move on. Little did I know that, like, you know, Eastside would have this strategy of multi-site church and that it would grow and that I could be a part of something like that. So I was, you know, my background is operations. You know, it's part of the thing that my dad, like I said earlier, raised me to, to think through, to use my hands when I have to, use my heart when I have to. Yeah. Use my head when I have to. And um, so Eastside ended up launching a campus, and they need an operations guy for it. And I'm like, well, like, I'll throw my name in the hat. Like, maybe it's time for me to leave U.S. Foods. Maybe not, but, like, I love what God is doing and what is going on at Eastside. So and if I can serve, if I get paid for that, like, what? You know? <laughs> so I threw my name into the hat and uh, had a couple of interviews and – there were with people that I knew and loved and already served with. And honestly, you know, so I've, I've like I said before, like I've trusted God with all of these things. And this is the first thing, like, to go work for the church. This is the first thing that I'm like, I got this. Mm. I got this. Crush the first interview. Yeah. Crush the second interview. Working on getting the third one scheduled. And I get a phone call from the hiring uh, manager uh, he's uh, our online campus pastor, Norm. He is dope. And he calls me. He says, hey, Matt, I've got good news and bad news. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he says, like, uh, like Gene wants to hire the next campus pastor into this role. And I was like, what? You know? And he says, and so that's the bad news. And he says, the good news is that doesn't disqualify you. And I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> you know? And so this is like probably May. This yeah. is May or something. And and the campus is supposed to launch in September. And man, like, I know I told Norm in this interview, I'd love to be a campus pastor someday. Like, Eastside's vision is to be five campuses by this time, by 2020. And, you know, like, that means there's going to be a few more campuses. Maybe I can be, you know, on the team in some capacity, you know, in that way. And yeah. 
And um, so this is May, like I said. And then, um, man, I'll tell you, it was just the reality check. It was the humility check. It was the reminder that that it's not about me, but it's about God. And that he needs to be welcomed in and he needs to be trusted by me in every circumstance. Like I said, man, like I've climbed the corporate ladder, you know, I've made the bunch of money and it it has all fallen short. And this time I'm like, man, I'm killing these interviews. Like, this is cakewalk, you know, (laughs) but what part of it was I trusting God in? And so, um, man, so, so Norm says, yeah, we should know by July 1st. Right. So I'm like, okay, seven weeks. I can wait that out. Like I'll pray and I'll touch base and I'll do all that. So, uh, so we go through that process. It's been seven weeks, you know, I'm like, okay, July 1st, I'm gonna get a phone call from Norm. He's a stand up guy and not to say he isn't, but he didn't call me on July 1st. <laughs> and I'm like, Hmm, you know, like, all right, I'll, I'll wait a week. Is he sick? He must be sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, like yeah. I, man, I prayed and I said, God, like, if this is your will, then then so be it. I'm going to submit to it, you know? Yeah. And that's what I prayed those seven weeks. Like, okay, God, like, this is you. It's not me. And like I said, so I put in a lot of marbles and a lot. I'm putting all my eggs in this basket of July 1, I'm getting this phone call. Yeah. No phone call. So I'm like, God, I don't get it. Yeah. And I think a lot of us can, can experience that in our lives. God, I don't get it. Like, totally. This is what was said, you know? This is what it said. Like, why didn't it happen? Mm. So I'm like, I'll give it a week. Gave it a week. No call. Gave it another week. No call. Man. Okay. So I'm like, at this point, I'm frustrated. Right? I'm like, man, like, Eastside doesn't really want me to be a part. Like, man, I got 10 years of operations experience. Like, I've worked for this incredible company. And, like, I'm ready to throw that away for this. You know? Like, it's this weird, nasty toxicity that I've allowed in. And I was like, you know what, the 31st, I'm going to call Norm, you know, and I'm going to tell him I'm going to pull my application. Like, I, I don't want the job. Dang. Yeah. Dude, I was just so bitter and so whatever. I'm like, 2 p.m., July 31st, that's it. Yeah. You know? And, um, I, dude, I'm at Craig Park in, in Yorba Linda. Like, uh-huh. I'll tell you exactly where I was. I was yeah. like, I took the day off, man. I'm like, I just need to... Like, I'm freaking out about work stuff, and I'm like, am I leaving this place or not? And it was just weird turmoil that I'm in, sitting in. And then, man, so so I do this, and I'm like, 2 p.m., I'm calling Norm, right? I'm like, mm. out, clearing my head, walking around the park, done like 12 miles, it feels like, you know. Eight minutes till, 1.52 p.m., my phone starts to ring. It's Norm. Like, here we go. So I answer it. I say, hey, Norm. And he says, hey, Matt, how are you? And I was like, I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm just, I took the day off. I'm just working, or I'm just walking around the park, you know, <laughs> not telling him that I'm like about to, <laughs> if I could reach through this phone right now, you know. <laughs> and um, and uh, he says, hey, man, I just, I wanted to see if you were still interested in this job. And I was like, man, for about seven more minutes <laughs> at this point, you know. And I was like, yes, I am. And then he immediately followed up with, like, I'd love to get you scheduled for an interview, like, Wednesday. So it's Monday. Yeah. Interview Wednesday, the one that I was supposed to have in May. Yeah. You know, with one of our executives at Eastside. She's awesome. And and um, and I was like, 
yes, like I'll do this, you know? And uh, I was like, all right, God, you know, it was yeah. just this moment of like pure humility, like pied on my face. And I'm just like, okay, God, <laughs> like I, I know that you're God and you know, and it was yes, just a weird kind of trusting moment. Yeah. Um, so I ended up doing, having that other interview and, and they elected to follow up with me and to move forward and, and uh, he said, what's the time frame for hiring? I said, well, man, like if, if we were to move forward, like I want to give a, like a formal two-week notice. Like I love my job before. It was yeah. just some of the things weren't working out and yeah. great company. You know what I mean? Great people in the organization. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to leave on bad terms, you know. Um, and so so then I, I put in my two-week notice. And, and it was a bummer because, you know, a lot of, man, I just, I love, I still love a ton of those people that I used to work with, you know. Yeah. Um, but little did I know, like that this was my path all those years ago. Wow. So I move into this operations role. Um, man, I get hired a month before we launched the campus and it was just like crazy. It was crazy, but like the East side team is, and I love being a part of the church cause we just, we, we don't, we don't have it all together, but we're trying, you know, and, and, and it's, do. it's so cool to just see everybody trust God and what, what's going on. So I get, you know, hired. I'm loving the job there. I get moved to another position overseeing a little bit more, like a couple of different campuses. And and uh, we had launched another campus, right? So we're up to four. And, you know, they're looking for a campus pastor. And I just, I didn't think that my time was right yet. Like I just, you know, like, I've, man, I've been learning about submission. I'm learning about like really trusting God and, yeah. and, and, and letting him speak into my life and provide clarity and discernment and decisions. And, and, uh, so I don't even put my name into the hat, even though people had said, Matt, like, are you going to apply for the job for this? So you're, you're, you got the operations job. I'm in the operations point. job. Okay. I moved to a second operations job, kind yeah. of a, a bigger step, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and and then like i said like now i have this decision right like do i want to be the campus pastor of bellflower and would they have me mm. you know but i just didn't feel like it was the right move yeah i did i couldn't tell you why like yeah. i literally couldn't tell you why yeah. so i don't put my name in the hat and they end up finding um my great friend marcos garcia shout out marcos he's the man and uh, he is perfect for that community. He, him, and I have a similar background from the marketplace. We both worked in the food in, food service industry. Yeah. And um, yeah. And he is. I'm a huge fan of his. <laughs> and I'm glad that I didn't take that job yeah. because he's the perfect guy for yeah. that campus and for that community, and yeah. loves it with his whole heart. And you know, so yeah, yeah, he's a God rock knew. star, dude. He knew, and he let me know too because I was just yeah. I didn't know why, but I was like, I don't think it's right. That's awesome. And then you ended up getting... Dude, so like <laughs> within six months of launching that campus, yeah, we get a phone call that our executive team got an email, excuse me, within maybe a few months of launching that campus. And they um, had a, reached out a church from Redlands, the city we were born and raised in, yep. had... Uh, reached out and asked if Eastside would be interested in a merger with the Redlands Church of Christ. Like, wow. man, I, I was born at Redlands Community <laughs> Hospital, yeah. three miles from this campus, wow. and like the craziest piece, and this is just the awe of God that I sit in all the time, is that 
you know, the executive team didn't even know I was from Redlands. Wow. Yeah. But they were like, they were like, Matt, Matt, Matt should be the guy. Like he, at that point, like they're like, yeah, he should be the guy, you know? And Come on, little did I know, right? Cause they say, Hey, we've got a new campus opportunity and we can't tell you where it is. And we're like, what? You know, <laughs> everybody's freaking out. Everybody's asking all the questions and where, yeah. where? I mean, we're riding the hype train, man. We've launched, you know, all these campuses and we're up to four and it's like incredible. And, mm. you know, and, uh, and then, and then, man, I wish I could sit here and tell this entire story, right? It's so special. But um, they reached out to me, and they said, Matt, like, we're in a meeting. I mean, we're, the church is blowing up in this time. It's just growing, and people being baptized and coming to faith and recommitting their faith and just seeing, man, like, seeing what churches will never experience. Mm. And, like, man, I'm, I'm so, I'm at this point, I'm still so new to my faith yeah. that, like, I, I took it for granted in a lot of ways, you know, I, I, there's so many pastors out there that like work their tails off and never see the fruit that I have had the opportunity to experience in my short time in ministry. And I just, I want to encourage them that like God knows and God sees it and he knows your heart and you're doing good work. Mm. But like at the same time, I want to acknowledge that like I have been incredibly fortunate Wow. And so I have this opportunity, and they say, you know, we're in the midst of this crazy busy season, and we're in meetings after meetings. We're planning a women's conference and a baptism weekend, like all of these things in one yeah. shot. And they pull me into the meeting and say, hey, Matt, like, you got a second to talk? And I'm like, well, sure. Like, yeah, what next do we have to do, right? Yeah. And uh, it was Jill Gilly. She's our awesome She's our uh, director of, of campuses and uh, director of projects. She's so dope. And uh, and our former CFO, Tom Greer, and they were like, hey, Matt, you got a second to talk? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, not thinking anything of it. And they said, hey, like, um, if, if the Redlands merger goes through, we want you to be the campus pastor. And, I, dude, I was, like, honored, and I was like, man, like, like someone being selected prom king or queen i was just like <laughs> what like overcome with emotion because man i got to experience this faith far from where i was born yeah. but the opportunity that i could go back and share the gospel share the good news man that like jesus is for everyone in my hometown like with people that i grew up with like the streets that i used to walk around the schools that i used to go to wow. i dude i was floored and i couldn't help but just like like respond with like holding back or attempting to hold back every tear in yeah. my body, man, thinking about people that I still knew in Redlands and that I loved in Redlands. And now like I get to go back to Redlands with this faith that I didn't know. And like, what, you know, it's, it's, it was incredible in that moment. And it wow. is incredible. So then it begins the process of like, well, like we've got, you know, we've got this time to, um, we've got this time of they're going to do a, a vote. Their congregation is going to vote mm -hmm. and we'll do a practice service before then so that they know what to expect if we were to merge, you know. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, like we, um, we went and we did an information night. And they invited a ton of people, and and the leadership there, the former pastor Steve K, he's he's been he's um, he's gone to be with Jesus at this point now, but he he was him and his leadership team 
the elders of that church did a phenomenal job of and of letting God and submitting their authority that he had given them submitting it to his authority like Reese it was the weirdest craziest wow. like man I'm so inspired by the faith of others mm. you know and we so you know we have these couple of practice services and I had the opportunity to attend and like man right when I get this job offer I had just met Rachel my wife wow yeah and so like man the perfect woman for me that I had no idea about that I had been like that God had been like slowly rebuilding and the foundation of what it is. Is this the to same? Right? Is this the same girl that you met when you were on your like one year dating hiatus? No, she was... wasn't. Oh, and, okay. and like I said in that moment, I was like, "This is the girl." Uh-huh. And I said no, and and she's happily married now too. She's awesome, still yeah. a friend of hers, you know. Yeah. But I met Rachel, and I didn't know all those years before that God was like. How long between those two incidents? Yeah, it was about two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So like it was this total like growing time period and yeah. it was wild and it was all of those things. But, you know, God was working that much farther ahead than I was even understanding. And so Rachel and I meet, I get offered this job and then I tell her, I say, and I did this three times said, hey, I just want you to know, my life is going to change drastically. And if you want out, like, I'm going to give you the out. Like, I've loved our time together. But, like, I know that this job is going to require a lot of me, and I don't think I have that to give to you. Mm. But she refused. And she stayed, dude. And she showed up. That's and then, <laughs> man, we were, yeah, sorry, go ahead. That's great. Uh, this just reminds me of of, uh, of Isaac and Rebecca, man. Like, just that that God made it, like, I was reading um, in a book, and he was saying, like, for God to show, uh, the servant of Abraham, for God to show him which girl he wants for Isaac. And this girl is, water getting water for like all these camels yeah, <laughs> back then it's other like, people and camels yeah. drink like like 50 gallons 30 to 50 gallons she's getting water for all these yeah. camels it's like all right like that's the one yeah. and and it's like it, i just see that parallel between rebecca and and rachel yeah of like just just having that that servant heart yeah um and and just being selfless yeah and yeah. like and it still continues through today. That's just who God made her to be and how she has been consistently. So we're like three weeks, maybe a month into dating, and we start going out and attending church, building relationships with the Redlands Church of Christ. Yeah. And um, and it's funny because, you know, Rachel would come out with me, and, you know, people would be like, oh, oh, how long have you guys been married? And how long have you – and we're like, no, we're like super fresh. Like, <laughs> like I don't even know her middle name at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was wild. Yeah. Um, but we were like, yeah, we just started dating, and people were like floored. People you guys just vibed yeah, that well it, together. Yeah, it was. Huh? It was man. Yeah. I I can't describe it outside of God and what He had done in my life and and the way He had sheltered and protected her, and like I mean, in a lot of ways, protected. Excuse me, protected her from guys like me before my restoration wow yeah and so like i mean if i if she had met me 
the mat that went to east side for the first time like there's no way she would want any part of that yeah and like thank god that we didn't meet until <laughs> that time um so so yeah she she showed up and it was just like all right god gave me this incredible partner Man. yeah it was wild so then you know church the we're going to the church you know and then they they vote i get a text from my great buddy paul who was one of the elders at the church there that the vote went through it was like landslide victory you know and um it it was it was phenomenal and then it was like all right we've done a ton of work and now it's time to get to work yeah you know and so like i said the leadership there was phenomenal the leadership at Eastside, phenomenal and everybody was just sold out to the mission of winning souls to heaven and so we watched i watched you know people that had made decisions for that church mm. trust east side to make the decisions for now our one church and it was man like i said like i was inspired by people's faith and i still am to this day because and a ton of those people that said yes that day are still a part of this now church that has increased dramatically it's amazing man it's 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 beautiful what happens when we set ego aside yeah. pride aside and we all come under the umbrella of this is for the glory of god it's not yeah. about my name it's not about your name it's about glorifying the, the only name that's worthy of being glorified and that's Amen. jesus christ and yeah. i love hearing stories like that because sadly in our culture today it's 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 not common yeah to hear something like that you know yeah. um so that's encouraging for me to hear. I appreciate you sharing that. Well, yeah, man, I'm I'm glad too. And you know, like you said, the society now, right? Like, we don't have enough God, and we don't let God enough into our lives. Yeah. And so, man, what's the alternative, right? Like, yeah. How many people are facing depression nowadays? Yeah. How many people don't have or feel like they don't have someone, whether that's a personal relationship? or a spiritual relationship with God that they could turn to. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's really sad. And, yeah. and my hope is that people would take that step, you know, like, like I did, I'm sitting in traffic and I'm like, yeah, all right, Tinder girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, and it's something that could be as simple as that. Something that we've done a million times before. Um, but, we can let God help us do it a little bit different and yeah. it will change. That's beautiful, man. What I love about what I, what I love about your story and what you shared is it, it, it takes God out of this box, Yeah, you know, and, and God can, and can work, um, and use any circumstance, even a Tinder date <laughs> to bring someone <laughs> yeah. to Christ and just don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't um, don't limit him to a process. Don't limit him to your experience, um, you know. And so I just I want to thank you for for a being here and b being so vulnerable and yeah, sharing everything that you shared. I I'm touched by your story and your vulnerability. Um, and there's so much more that I feel like we can talk about. So be prepared for another invitation because <laughs> yeah, I want to get into, I wanted to get into like um, marriage with you and, and, yeah. and your relationship. But I think that, that we can do another segment on, on relationships yeah. uh, another day. So thanks for being here, bro. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, like, comment, share, and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Whoa. 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 Whoa.
Whoa, whoa, whoa. I walk.